live and on tape from the heart of the Silicon Valley. I'm Dave Dubois, thanks so much for tuning into the Disturbances NBA show. You know, I have to say, I am very confident, you know, 100% confident that James Harden is not sad tonight. He is not sad that he didn't make the NBA All-Star Game. And I think what James is doing right now, as I'm recording this late night on a Thursday, February 2nd of the year 2023, I think James is sitting in bed thinking about which of the clubs he's going to partake in during the NBA All-Star Weekend. Live and on tape from the heart of Silicon Valley, this is the Disturbance NBA Show, hosted by Dave DeBaugh. Now to the host who can't stop talking about hoops, players, coaches, and the good, the bad, and the ugly front office moves that NBA executives continue to make, Dave DeBaugh. All right. Uh, thanks so much uh, once again for tuning into the uh, disturbance. I, I, I kid James Harden. I, I, I kid him. Uh, uh, but I, I love old James Harden. You know, the James Harden that would score over 30 points every night. You know, the James Harden that was capable of scoring 45 points. And for those of you that play uh, fantasy basketball on a daily basis, you know exactly what I mean about the old James Harden. Not this 21 points a night, James Harden. Anyways, so we're going to get into the uh, um, NBA All-Star Reserve announcements a little bit. Uh, we'll talk about who made it, and then we'll talk about the snubs, Jimmy Butler, Jalen Brunson, and of course, Anthony Edwards. I've got a, a, a Debava's right tonight for you, uh, and then we are also going to talk about the King LeBron James, who is just 63 points away from breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record of scoring in the history of your National Basketball Association. I've got all of that, and trust me, a whole lot more uh, coming up on the big show today. But right now, I want to hear some guitar riffs. All right, so uh, we're going to wrap up the show uh, with some NBA uh, standings uh, analysis, as we always do as well. Uh, coming up a little bit later in the show, we'll get into the uh, the King LeBron James uh, and his um, quest to become the National Basketball Association all-time all scoring leader, as he's just, as I mentioned, 63 points away from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, but first, we're going to talk NBA All-Star Reserves on the show uh, tonight. Now, um, the, the the guys that actually made the team include Paul George, um, Shea Gillis-Alexander, who absolutely deserved it. I cannot believe, though, North America, that Jaron Jackson Jr., is a Western Conference Reserve. <laughs> there. Now, if you're watching this, you just saw me touch the microphone. Because I, I, I just I can't believe 
that all the games he missed, uh, I've seen him play some great games, and then I've seen him not play some great games. I cannot believe that he's on the all-star team and some other people aren't um, on the all-star team. You know, uh, we were going to do our uh, DeBaugh was right um, a, a little later in the show, but but I, I got to tell you, I think we should do it right now. Where DeBaugh was right. Okay, so I said on a previous show uh, that Anthony uh, Edwards, <laughs> the Ant-Man from my Minnesota Timberwolves, would not make the NBA All-Star game this year. And I was right. <laughs> but Jared Jackson makes the NBA All-Star All-Star game. It is hard for me to imagine that um, a lot of people out there would think that that was an appropriate an appropriate move. Look, there's a bunch of deserving players that didn't make the All-Star uh, game this year. Some of it is, you know, riding on past performance. But we should be taking into account injuries, how many games actual have actually been played by players, load management, like all these superstars that show up in cities on the road and don't play because of Kawhi Leonard load management, just ridiculous. So there's a couple of things. One, I think that the NBA could do the following. They could set a limit on how many games you could miss um, prior to the NBA All-Star uh, uh, game announcements being made. So you, you can't miss more than five games. And if you miss more than five games, you're not uh, allowed to be a reserve in the NBA All-Star game. It's something like that that I think uh, would be a one way of affecting load management, at least at the beginning part of the season. It was one thing when we started to see load management occur at the end of the season, but it's another thing when we see load management actually occurring at the beginning of the season. I know I got derailed a little bit here on this load management topic, but Steve Kerr, the head coach, uh, and as you all know, I'm based here in the Silicon Valley, Steve Kerr, the head coach of the Golden State Warriors, who's a fantastic head coach, has been for years saying one way to get rid of load management is to play less games. And I completely disagree. So Steve says, let's let's cut let's cut down from 82 to and let's let's drop it down to 72 games a year. Do you think load management's still not going to be an issue? That that's just Steve Kerr not wanting to coach as many games as he used to. I'm I'm telling you, that's Steve Kerr getting old. <laughs> that's you don't you don't hear George Popovich saying, hey, let's cut down the season. And he's suffering there in San Antonio with an organization that can't seem to get him enough talent uh, because he is still one of the best coaches in the National Basketball Association. That is an organizational issue in San Antonio, not a game has passed him by uh, Popovich story to tell. Anyways, um, elsewhere in the Western Conference, Damian Lillard, Laura Marketing, uh, the Finnish, uh, the only Finnish basketball player in uh, the NBA today. Um, I actually, as, as you all know, if you listened to the last episode, was in the Arctic Circle a couple weeks ago. And if you talk to anybody there in Finland about the NBA, 
Laurie's name always pops up. Jay Morant and Sabonis uh, round out the rest of the Western uh, Conference reserves. Uh, Bam, Jalen Brown, DeMar DeRozan, who started out really hot, but hasn't been hot in about a month. Joel Embiid, Tyrese Halliburton has made an NBA All-Star game before the Ant-Man. Tyrese Halliburton has made a game, an NBA All-Star game before the Ant-Man. Drew Holiday has made an NBA All-Star game before the Ant-Man. And Julius Randle, which I'm a huge fan of, uh, I hope, I hope that uh, LeBron James picks Julius Randle. And I hope that sends some sort of message to Rob Polinka and the Laker organization who had Julius Randle under contract and blew it. Um, anyways, that's a story for a different day. So those are your, those are the people that made it. Now, uh, I, I talked about the Ant-Man and the, and the snub there uh, with him. You know, he's averaging like 25 points a game. And we all thought that maybe he needs to take a, a step up a little bit this year. And, and so maybe there's some some things around that. Um, Kawhi Leonard, who's uh, who's been averaging almost 30 points since he came back, um, didn't make the All-Star game. I don't have a problem with that because of injuries and, and load management. De- Devin Booker hasn't played in weeks. I, I, if he was healthy, I'd have a problem with it. Anthony Davis has been out for such a long period of time that it would be hard to put Anthony Davis in. But he would be the one exception just simply because, yeah, it's like 30 points a game, almost 12 boards. He's dominating uh, the NBA when he does play and he is healthy. Um, But maybe the rest will be good. Uh, De'Aaron King uh, with the uh, Sacramento Kings. Uh, Darius Garland made it last year, not this year. Uh, Trey Young um, having another really solid season, but on a bad Atlanta Hawks team. Uh, Siakam, um, you know, sort of buried in uh, in Toronto. Jimmy Butler of the Heat. Uh, Jalen Brunson was my biggest disappointment in the East this year. Jalen Brunson. Let's just let's just take a moment and and talk about Jalen Brunson over the last twelve months. Now. During the regular season, he was averaging last year like 13 to 15 points a game. Um, in, in the playoffs, he averaged more. Uh, the, the offseason move uh, to the New York Knicks, and, and yes, the, the, the Knicks should have gone after Donovan Mitchell as well, um, uh, and, and they'd be you know even better off than they are today where they're like three games over 500. They would be like five games under 500 if they didn't have Jalen Brunson on this team. He is a fantastic basketball player. He just is. Uh, And uh, um, if you threw out stats from the first month of the season and you just looked at what he's done since then, it's, it's incredible. I mean, he, he is, he's getting close to 30 points a game. He's the general on the court. He gets everybody involved He's meshed well with Julius Randle. Um, they've uh, Tom Thibodeau has this team playing hard every single night. Jalen Brunson's a good reflection. He's a good point guard for a guy like Tom Thibodeau, as was Jimmy Butler. Um, and you know Jimmy Butler has more upside than a Jalen Brunson does. But for what you're actually paying Jalen Brunson, 
it's our, starting to look like it was a bit of a steal, don't you think? That $100 million, um, believe it or not, might be a steal for the New York Knicks. And it will be interesting to see what else they can come up with. So those are your 2023 National Basketball Association snubs. And I did not mention James Harden. And there's a reason for that. Okay. So one of my favorite sayings is skiing down the backside of Career Mountain. Repeat after me. Skiing down the backside of Career Mountain has been James Harden for the past three years. It just so happens that this year he's about halfway down the hill and he found a little detour and he stopped off at a at a mid mountain chalet and he's having a couple cocktails there's a little bit of a james harden historical party going on at the chalet if you know what i mean so so james harden sort of has resurrected his career uh and has prevented the the rest of the skiing down the hill at least for now um and so he's averaging like 21 points a game you know, uh, like 11 uh, assists a game and, uh, you know, a bunch of boards. And he has those uh, old James Harden games now, you know, maybe one every six or seven games is is like classic, um, classic early James Harden basketball. Um, and so you see this guy and you think, well, he was snubbed, but not really. Like when you look at the stats, the actual stats, and you look at who else is playing in the NBA today in the East, it's easy to see that James, it's easy to not just see, but it's also easy to say that James Harden wasn't snubbed. He didn't deserve <laughs> to be an NBA all-star this season. It's not that I dislike the guy at all. I love James Harden. I love him. But it's just that he doesn't have the stats to back up what would uh, require uh, for him to be a NBA all-star this season. Now you might say, well, Jalen Brunson stats, he scores a little bit more, um, but you really have to look at Jalen Brunson uh, throughout the first month, look at the last couple months. Um, and, and you will see somebody that's scoring between 27 and 30 points every single night. You'll see somebody that is actually leading his team uh, to victory, you know, when they do win, it's normally because Jalen Brunson has gotten other people involved uh, as well as played well. All right. Um, so there is your NBA uh, snub review and non-snub review for 2023. Um, you know, one, one thing I want to point out here, um, you know, the NBA has changed a lot. Uh, scoring's up. Um, or it feels like it's up. Uh, we, we know that the Steph Curry revolution has changed the game in a way. Um, it's not just the three-point shooting, but it's the offenses um, that go around with making that three-point shooting possible. Um, and so what that basically means is, you know, if you've ever coached basketball, you're spreading the, you're spreading the court out. Um, and so there's so much more room and space <clears throat> inside the key today. I mean, the Bill Lambeer, Dennis Rodman clog up the key days are over, aren't they? I mean, Utah and Denver occasionally forget about it, 
Um, and so does Philadelphia every once in a while when they play two big men. The the Timberwolves thought it was a good idea um, to to try to go back to that style of game with Rudy Gobert, but they gave up the entire farm, which is going to take them 10 years to recover from. So the game has changed. It is, um, there is space. Uh, the spacing that has been developed by offenses has, has made it difficult for defenses to run traditional zones. It's made it uh, difficult for defenses to handle switching. It's made it difficult on defenses. I, I don't think that there's a lack of defensive knowledge suddenly in the NBA that um, uh, has suddenly vanished. I just think that these offenses are ahead of the defenses at this point, and the defenses haven't had a chance uh, to catch up. You know, we'll see some of the, the catching up happen in the playoffs, but if you look at these games, and we're going to talk about LeBron James, the king, here in a minute, but if you look at the spacing, you know that Michael Jordan, he's just sitting there on his couch watching his basketball team not flourish, smoking a cigar, maybe having a cocktail or two, uh, maybe playing some poker. Um, uh, and, and he's just sitting there going, yeah, I could average 40 a night in this NBA <laughs> uh, uh, for a couple years because uh, Jordan had to, had to go into the had to had to deal with all of the the punishment um, that just doesn't exist in the NBA today. We see a guy we call fouls, we call imaginable fouls <laughs> in in the NBA today. We absolutely do. We've got these we've got these uh, zebras in the NBA that that do this all the time. And now it's time for another installment of The Zebra Was Wrong. Okay, so earlier tonight, um, I was uh, I was watching the um, uh, New York Knicks um, uh, hold on to beat the uh, Miami Heat in a basketball game at Madison Square Garden. By the way, they did. I, I watched the 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 New York feed, and uh, they did um, you know who's at the game thing. Um, and there were like, seriously, they went through like 20 different celebrities that were at the game. Like when they do it in LA, they, they, they show you three or four celebrities, but like there were like 20, <laughs> maybe, I mean, I mean, I'm sure there were a hundred, but they, they went to like 20 in two different breaks showing all of the celebrities that were at this Miami heat, um, uh, uh, New York Knicks basketball game. Anyway, so the game's uh, getting close to the end, and there's an inbound pass, and it goes to uh, Julius uh, Randle. So this is like 2.4 seconds left on the clock. Julius Randle trips on his feet, and I love Julius Randle, but this is the facts. He trips on his feet, fumbles the ball. Bama Adebayo is nearby in the vicinity, and the ref a.k.a. Zebra, calls a foul. Now, I saw it in real time. I didn't even need to go to replay. Uh, I, I, I probably had a very similar view to the ref. It was clear as day, clear as water is wet, <laughs> that, that Bam Adebayo did not touch or even breathe on Julius Randle. There you go. That's where the zebra was wrong. I, I, I can literally 
just watch um, uh, five minutes of a basketball game and we could do a zebra was wrong uh, segment. All right. Anyways, on to the king, the king and I. Uh, so uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, um, his, his hallowed record, uh, his scoring record is, is about to go by the wayside. LeBron James just 63 points away from 38,387 points. Um, and so this got me to thinking a little bit. Now, I, I remember watching the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, game back in 1984. For those of you that have followed me on podcasts over the years, you know, uh, originally from the great state of Minnesota, eventually we end up in Southern California in, in like the early 80s. I have a choice between the San Diego Clippers and the Los Angeles Lakers. I choose the Lakers, of course. I'm living in uh, the Orange Curtain, and I'm a Laker fan, about a year and a half in on a Laker as being a Laker fan in 1984. Um, Kareem's, there's all of this media attention. This is back when we had newspapers. <laughs> this, is back, this is back when newspapers mattered. Sports radio didn't really exist at all in any real fashion, except for pre and post game shows. Um, and so if you wanted your sports fix back in the day, you had to wait for that newspaper to arrive and then you go to the sports section and then you read it or you watch the local news. Um, and that's where you would find your stuff. Yeah, that's where you find your sports fix for the most part. So I, um, uh, you know, was, every day following it in the newspaper, in the newspaper, in the newspaper. And this went on for like a month and a half. You know, Kareem's getting close to the record. And then the Lakers play a home game, not at home. Uh, this is pre-planned way ahead of time. Uh, this was sort of coincidental that, that the record was going to get broken in Las Vegas at the Thomas and Mack Center. It always sort of rubbed me the wrong way, though, that it didn't happen at the Great Western Forum. Uh, in Inglewood, where recently I picked up COVID at a Harry Styles concert and and Halloween when I took my flew my daughter down there. Anyways, uh, still a great arena, by the way, except for the COVID part. Um, so I, uh, I I like uh, look at this and and I think, geez, there just doesn't seem to be that much attention. Like I feel like there was way more attention. Uh, paid to what Steph Curry was going through when he was trying to break the three-point record um, just uh, like a year, year and a half ago. Um, and this is a bigger record than that. This is 38,387 points. And I started to think about it, and, and I think the reason why, and I've heard, I've heard other people, a bunch of other people, sort of talk about LeBron James as a Swiss army knife of basketball. And I think a lot of those people are right. You know, LeBron is is not particularly the the most graceful scorer of all time, like a Michael Jordan or a Dominique Wilkins. Uh, LeBron James is 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 does not have the best you know three point shooting of all time. LeBron James misses free throws on a regular basis. <laughs> um, uh, LeBron James is no Jordan Poole at the free throw line, uh, um, but yeah, Le LeBron James gets a lot of rebounds. Uh, LeBron James has a lot of assists. Um, he's a Swiss army knife of, of basketball. LeBron James, for the most part, has had a very healthy career. Um, uh, LeBron James plays in an NBA 
that quite frankly is way more competitive than the one that Michael Jordan played in and his era. Specifically, if you take a look at the scrub basketball teams, Michael Jordan, forget about the Pistons, but once he got over the hub uh, and, the, and, the, and the Celtics to some extent, but once he got over the hub, look at the scrub basketball teams Jordan beat in the NBA Finals. Like, did you really think the Utah Jazz were going to beat Michael Jordan? Did you really think that was going to happen? But the game has changed now. We talked about this a little bit earlier, about the uh, how spread the court has become. Yeah, I remember uh, coaching uh, coaching my kids' uh, uh, CYO basketball team and explaining to them what four corners was. Um, and one, one of the kids came up to me and said, but I'm the fifth corner. <laughs> uh, where does the fifth corner go? Um, and anyway, so it's it's just... It's one of those things where the game has changed and LeBron's been here for uh, a part of that change uh, that has occurred. And I think when we look at LeBron James's game today, he still can score 35 points a game. We just saw him do it. He can still score 40, 50, uh, you know, in, in a game. He's, he's great at going to the hole. Um, he's great at knowing when to shoot. He is not a ball hog in the way that at times, and I love Luca, but at times Luca is. Um, um, but all great players have their moments of being ball hogs, don't they? Um, that being said, uh, it's one of the things that makes him great. Um, that being said, it is fascinating that LeBron James, who we don't really consider to be like a great scorer of the ball, is going to hold the NBA all-time scoring record. Now, it's got a little bit of the goat, Tom Brady goat in it, than that he's you know played as long as he's played. But Kareem played a really long time, too. So when I look at this record, I just wonder, you know, can it get beaten? Because, you know, LeBron's going to play another year, maybe two, just sort of depending on what happens with his kid. He has the dream to play with his kid in the NBA. That that is a legitimate possibility. I don't know. So he'll probably end up, you know, somewhere north of 41, 42,000 points in his career. And will that get beat? Now, there's a lot of people out there that are saying that's a that's a record that will absolutely never get beat. And we said that about Kareem. But the one thing about the NBA is that the NBA, while it isn't the number one sport in North America, it is a solid number two, isn't it? And it is a smart, uh, it is a smartly run organization. And they will continue to find a way uh, to increase scoring in the NBA. So it wouldn't surprise me if there's some kid somewhere out there in Indiana, Oklahoma, Texas, Nebraska, New York City, or Los Angeles, lacing up some basketball shoes for the very first time who might someday find a way to dethrone the king. All right. Um, uh, so there you go. Uh, uh, nothing but mad respect for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Absolutely love him. Uh, uh, check out Airplane if you've never seen the Airplane movie. Uh, absolutely uh, fantastic and a completely different side 
of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, but um, uh, LeBron's been a pleasure to watch. Uh, we can have the um, age-old debate of LeBron versus Michael another day. Five years ago, I wouldn't have even considered having it. Uh, today, I think there is legitimate reason to at least have a discussion uh, about it. And then if he plays another two years and somehow gets to another NBA Finals with a basketball team that is GM'd by uh, Rob Palenka, then you might really have to consider him the best basketball player of all time. I'm just saying. All right, on to uh, what we always do is check out the quick uh, a quick look at your National Basketball Association standings. All right, so I don't sit here and read the standings out to you. I just look for some things in the standings that have, have been sort of uh, surprising. Now, one of, one of the things that's surprising is that the Brooklyn Nets have basically still stayed above water since KD went out. They are 31 and 21 and currently in the fourth position in the East. Celtics are obviously uh, leading the East. I think the Cavaliers um, with Donovan Mitchell um, feels like a surprise, but it shouldn't be. They're 32 and 22. That is an excellent basketball team. Uh, they, they, they're, they're big. They're strong. If they're healthy, come playoff time, it could be a very hard out. It wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me in the least to see a Cleveland Cavaliers basketball team, if it's 100% healthy, in the NBA Finals um, this year. The Knicks, I mentioned them earlier. They're, they're, they're three games above 500. Those are all the interesting things on the Eastern Conference side. And I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, and I'll reiterate it now. I think the Chicago Bulls are going to tank in the second half of the season. On to the West we go. Um, and uh, as we know, the Nuggets are, are number one out West. Grizzlies are in second, and the Kings are 29 and 21, Vlade Divac. That's right, Vlade Divac. Your Sacramento Kings are 29 and 21 and third. In a Western Conference with Luka Doncic, uh, the Phoenix Suns, uh, surging Danny Ainge-led Utah Jazz basketball team, which is in eighth spot, um, the Warriors, who are 26 and 26 at nine, and the disappointment of the New Orleans Pelicans we'll talk about in just a moment. As for the Kings, if I had a vote, and it was for coach of the year. And if I had to vote for coach of the year today, I would pencil in Mike Brown, uh, the head coach of the Sacramento Kings. I know Mike Brown's a bit of a retread, um, but I think we don't give Mike Brown enough credit. Just think about how bad the Sacramento Kings team has been. Historically bad. Like they haven't been in the playoffs uh, since uh, I think my kids were like two or, or three years old, and they're in college now. I'm just saying this has been a historically bad franchise, which Vlade Divac had a lot to do with. Sorry, Vlade. He was a great basketball player. He was a fun basketball player. He's a nice guy. Uh, not so good on the GM side of the fence, though. Um, so Mike Brown, coach of the year, 29 and 21. If he keeps this up, you have to give it to him. It's a runaway as far as I'm concerned. Okay. So, um, we, we know about the Rockets. We know about the Spurs. 
Uh, the the OKC Thunder are currently 13th, but I could see them at eight. Uh, they're a streaky basketball team. They are a fun basketball team. If you have a chance, you should definitely watch the OKC Thunder. Okay, on to the disappointment that is the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, I opened up the NBA, uh, the, the Disturbance NBA show uh, last month, and one of our big topics was Zion Williamson um, and um, sort of the disappointment of Zion Williamson, which, which had everything to do with his injuries uh, and his inability to stay healthy over a long period of time. And I said at the time that it was tough for a New Orleans Pelicans team to absorb the changes that have to come with him playing and with him not playing. With him there, they're uh, definitely um, not having to worry about playing into the playoffs. With him out there, they have to worry about even being able to play into the playoffs this season. As much as I like the rest of the surrounding cast, it quite frankly simply just isn't the same basketball team without Zion. They've lost now nine games in a row, have the New Orleans Pelicans. <laughs> and, I, and, and I'm telling you, so for the fun of it, I thought, hey, I'll pull up Zion's stats from the last 10 games, and his stats are he hasn't played. Enough said. All right. Um, <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in to the uh, NBA uh, Disturbance uh, show. Um, uh, when you have a chance, do check out our big sports website at disturbance.live. Uh, um, I would also tell you um, uh, we've got um, our, our Disturbance weekly show is, is, is being renamed to the Disturbance NFL show. I know it's just like super unique names for both of these shows. Uh, so check that out. That next episode, I think, comes out on Friday or Saturday um, this week. So if you're looking for even more Tom Brady fixes, uh, we've got some for you. But some interesting, unique perspectives on um, the, uh, the the three coaches that wanted to be uh, the head coach of the Denver Broncos. So you should definitely uh, tune into that uh, when you have a chance. For the Disturbance NBA show, I'm Dave DeBaugh wishing you all a tremendous rest of your sports viewing week. The Disturbance NBA show is brought to you live and on tape from Silicon Valley and is a production of the Mighty Rip Podcast Network. For more National Basketball Association coverage, check out our big website at disturbance.live. 